0: Have you ever wondered why there's such a fuss around the gospel? Why is it called the good news? Why are Christians so hyped about it? And many more questions around the lines of forgiveness of sins and the gospel, then you are totally in the right place. This is the Jesus Tribe Podcast, where we present the gospel in its simplicity and beauty to all who would listen. This current series is all about the gospel and answering any questions you might have around it. Best believe it will take you on an exciting journey to truth. Keep listening. Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, you get to hear my voice on the intro this time around. <laughs> Daniel is not doing the intro today. <laughs> you see Hi guys, like how have you been? It's a fortunate thing. <laughs> oh, it's quite fortunate. <laughs>
1: oh wow, okay. Okay, my people. Will no, fight not
0: for that me. your intro was bad. My it wasn't, people will you know, fight just for me. Daniel's people, you can fight for him. Fate's people, defend me. In the <laughs> comments. <laughs> Anyways, it's so great to be back on the intro. How are you guys doing? How's your week going? How was your week last week? Basically, how have you been? Right, Daniel, how have you been?
1: I've been good. I've been doing pretty
0: well. I've been doing
1: pretty well. Yeah. Any major uh, highlights? Well, um, settling in, work starting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's That's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm officially so in adulting, or whatever. Whatever they call it. I don't
0: know. You started uh, life. <laughs> As they would say, life has started.
1: Thirty plus, <laughs>
0: <line>. <laughs> no you're not 30 plus gosh i'm what you. you act like it i mean i'm not going to deny it but you're not 30 plus okay no i,
1: I can't i can't defend myself i'm guilty that's today's topic
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i am the just judge hi guys so um well i've been all right so Nothing much is going on with me really if anything exciting happens, I'll be sure to let you guys know. But <laughs> same as always, man, <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing's happening. Nope. nothing, nothing exciting. So, quick recap of what we did last week. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by, and hopefully it's not your last time, and you continue to listen to every single podcast after leave this
1: a review. So please,
0: yeah.
1: Mhm. Tell your friends and share. Yeah, Yeah.
0: very important. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook as well, so that you never miss anything that we drop. Because, I mean, this is just a podcast. All the fun happens on other social media channels. You want to be there, you know? So, yeah, please follow us. And, you know, we're currently on a series about the gospel and we started off really well, gave a very solid introduction, telling you what to expect in the first episode and the next one, Daniel schooled us, you know, Gospel 101. Right, give an amazing definition, broke it down so well, and I think it's one you want to check out to have a proper idea of what the gospel is, yeah. because it's literally the foundation for the rest of the series, yeah. right, and then we went on to talk about how all have sinned, which is one of the premises of the gospel, and basically it's just, it, it, it thrives on the, on the thought that every single passing at some point of the, or one point or the other has fallen short of a mark of a standard that God has set for us yeah. and we know that we are comfortable with God's standard because like we examined in our previous series there is a God he's just and he's trustworthy right so we can trust his standard we can trust okay. his judgment for humanity so there's a standard that he has set and we have all at some point fallen short of that standard we explained how and we also read it from the Bible right so that gave us a very solid you know or it's given us a very solid push into today's topic which is guilty Mm. right like daniel said earlier so i would hand over to daniel now
1: (laughs) thank you and hi again everyone um i think that's a good kind of trace of how far we've come on this current theme the idea of what is the gospel and we've all sinned And we kind of stopped last week. uh, And I want you to picture this, um, use your imagination in the sense in which the charge has been made, the defense has been cast, and the judgment or the verdict is we are all guilty. We are all guilty. And before we talk about so if that's the case so if you you've been convicted of whatever crime you've been charged for or charged against i don't know the proposition that follows (laughs) what follows then is the expectation of punishment right there is something that should be justly given but before we we go on to even talk about what does god what does God do? Because if you remember when we talked about the idea of the gospel, it doesn't stop at just being declared guilty. There is good news at the end of the day. In fact, that the reason it's called the gospel is because it's not a proclamation of sin, it's a proclamation of good news. But before we get there, let's let's look at what we actually deserve. What we actually deserve. The Bible um talks about how the wages of sin is death right romans 6 verse 23 the rages of sin is death and it wasn't just talking about oh you go old and you die um it was referring to spiritual death or what the bible calls separation from god and the idea is that if god is the source of life then separation or the absence of god is death which then brings up the topic of hell and last two points like you said whenever we talk about sin it's very jittery like oh my god are we still doing this in the 21st century i think hell is the only topic that ranks even higher <laughs> in terms of being uncomfortable than sin right so when we talk about hell what 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 does the bible talk about it describes it as a place of conscious eternal torment and that is scary i I kid you not i I don't think there's any i i I heard i heard a quote once or a story a true story actually i think there was a notorious robber i can't remember where he was what country he was but it's in europe and he was caught and he was convicted to i think death by hanging or something like that and usually as the tradition is before it's the day you're going to be executed a priest comes to you and then preaches to you and all of that just to see. And this bishop or this priest came so passively, just read the few verses, very ritualistic. And this robber said something so profound that I think it should bring in the mind of every Christian today. And what he said was, if this place you talk about is as true as you claim it is, then I would not have presented it the way you did. I would be willing to walk through the whole of England, I think, even barefoot on glass to ensure that even my worst enemy doesn't go to the place you've described. I think there's another atheist, I can't remember his name. He said that if the idea of hell is as accurately described as it is in the Bible, then no Christian, like he, then every Christian should be willing to go to whatever length to ensure that people don't go there basically this is an atheist testimony that if hell is real then christians are wicked if they don't share their faith and those are huge claims and we're going to go into all of that when we talk about how to respond to the gospel but both my point is both believers and unbelievers alike the idea of hell is one that is very uncomfortable and what we're going to do today is talk a bit about that talk a bit about that We're going to primarily discuss two major questions. The first one is that if God, um, is God fair for sentencing humans to, uh, to such an experience simply because they do not believe the gospel or simply because they lied or they stole? Does that deserve eternal consequence in hell? And the second one is, if God is truly as loving as we claim he is, then why doesn't he just forgive everyone? Why doesn't he just wipe the slate clean? So let's, let's, let's look at both questions. I think just as we did in the podcast, would um, sorry, in the posts, we would start with the second one, which I feel is a lot easier, which is the idea of why doesn't God just forgive everyone? And we kind of touched on this in our last podcast, where I discussed the idea that, we celebrate justice we celebrate justice um i made the the um the the analogy right of the of of the of george floyd's killer and how the world celebrated when he was when justice was served for instance let's even personalize it if god forbid my wife is killed brutally murdered I will celebrate. In fact, I will be grateful the day that the people who did that crime were brought into custody. If someone steals in my car, oh, that feels nice to say. If someone steals my car, <laughs> I would want the police to do all they can to finding the culprit and ensuring that they 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 are put their their systems are set in place to make sure that people don't do that anymore. So we all instinctively, especially when we are on the other end of the pole, realize that justice is a good thing. If you're on the side of the offended, right? we are always for justice, we're always for justice. In fact, um, in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 17 verse 15, it says, um, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord hates them both. So when you when you when you tell a guilty person oh you're fine it's, it's, it's no big deal <laughs> or an innocent person you're like you're guilty says the Lord hates them both so when we talk about God forgiving everyone is He's God after all it's not that simple if God truly is just right and remember justice is a good thing justice is a good thing the only time it seems like justice is painful is when number one, it's not, it's not fair, meaning it's not commensurate with the crime that was done. Or number two, um, you're on the side of the offender, so uh, of the offender, so you you already are already evil by nature. <laughs> you're you're supporting the thief, you're supporting the murderer, you're supporting the criminal. Those are the only two scenarios in which justice becomes a bad thing. But objectively speaking especially when the punishment is commensurate with the crime justice is always something that should be um, celebrated and so if God is truly good then he must be just and if God is to be just then he can't just ignore evil he can't right so that, that is that's the idea that's the idea and it's something like i said these are topics that might be painful or it might be hard to conceptualize but i want you to try and be as objective as possible if there is a moral creator to whom we are accountable to then wrong doing has to be addressed it has to be addressed and now moving on to the second part right moving on to the second part is that okay i get i understand you yes god has to deal with evil god has to do with, but isn't hell a bit too excessive at the very least why not maybe 10 years right 10 years of suffering and then you're fine it goes back to two points no yes an eternity of suffering even as believers sometimes we're like oh my goodness i can't hell and what, I, what we did in, our, in the articles, and I'm going to try and do it here, is to present helpful ways to think about it. I don't think there's anything that I would say that would make the idea of an eternal conscious torment seem bearable. But what I can do is try to explain at least from what the Bible says and to give us helpful ways to start to think about it. Number one, it's the same thing I mentioned last time. We have to look at the gravity of the offense right we have to look at the gravity of the offense so when we think about sin again I, I like I said last week it's more than just oh I lied once oh I stole this is as as regards our very nature we are we we have chosen uh, to do life or to do eternity without God that's that's the that's the, the very definition from a Christian perspective people aren't sent to hell simply because they lied or they stole people end up spending eternity away from god because they chose to reject god and i'm going to get to that they chose to reject god we'll we'll look more about that but when we think about who god is right he is eternal he's um he's he's almighty so, one analogy that I heard once was, okay, if you if you slap your classmates, your teacher punishes you, right? If you slap your co-worker, you lose your job. If you slap um, the president, <laughs> you get sent to jail. Yeah, so you see, it's, it's that recognition that the person to whom um, you offend makes the crime a lot more grievous. Right, so how much more figuratively slapping the face or spitting the face of the Almighty God? Let me just read a few verses from Romans 1, Romans 1 18, it says the wrath of God, let me read from the NLT. It says, um, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who push the truth away from themselves, emphasis on push the truth away from themselves. It is for the truth about God is known to them instinctively. God has put this knowledge in their hearts. From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. He goes on to say, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. The result was that their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they became utter fools instead. These are heavy verses. And it describes humanity as a whole. The idea, I mean, if you look through all we've said so far about um, is anybody up there and truth and all of that, the idea that there is a God out there, but in the face of that knowledge, we or people have chosen to reject God. And that looks, that, that finds expression in different categories. Like I said, it's more than just stealing or lying. It is more choosing to live life without any regard for the standards and the, and the requirements of God to say to either say oh i can earn righteousness i can be a good person or to say oh there's no even god to start with i have no care about wanting to 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 appeal to his moral standards that is the big offense it's literally pointing the middle finger at god and saying i really don't care what he expects of me i can do it on my own or to say yes i know what he expects of me but I think I'm good enough to meet those expectations, which is where many religions that advocate works, right? That you can do enough good to be righteous. I mean, just looking at our nature, human beings, you should be able to know that every day we keep wrestling bad thoughts. We keep we keep um, having to, to try our best, even if we want to do good, and many times we fail. So it's hypocritical to even think, that there is something you can do to become a good person. And it is for those things that people, that hell becomes a just punishment. And I'm going to explain. So that's the first thing. That's what hell is. And that's the crime. But let me just share a few things when it comes to the idea of hell. The first one is that hell, by definition, is separation from God. Hell, by definition, is separation from God. Of course, when we see it being described in the Bible, it talks about a place of burning fire, um, gnashing of teeth and weeping. And I want you to realize that these are these are even just figurative. I mean, I don't think the idea of hell is a physical place that is on fire. I, I think it's a lot more than that. And let me let me explain. You look at 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 9. It says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction. Um, let um, No, let me start from verse 7. It says, God will provide rest for you. He will come with his mighty angels in verse 18, verse 8, in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. It says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. And that is exactly what hell is, separation from God and his power. And let, let's let's unpack that. If truly God is the source of all goodness, God is the source of all joy. In fact, we need to realize that as we currently are, whether or not you believe there is a God, if God truly exists as described by the Bible, then everyone, atheist, agnostic, whatever faith you are, we all experience some of the goodness of God. We experience the beauty of nature. We experience the beauty of love. We experience the beauty of friendships. We experience joy, happiness. We can still experience things that are objectively good because God in his mercy has showered it on everyone regardless of your opinion about him. But now let's start to to now say, imagine a world without God and anything he provides. So this is a, a world without love. Without justice, a world without peace, without joy, without friendship, without with just full of selfishness and pride and fear and hatred. Think about that. I, that, that is hell. That is hell. In fact, our minds can't even wrap our minds because we all can, we all still experience some form of goodness. And that's why we still experience things like hope. So even in the midst of suffering, sometimes people still have hope. That, again, is a gift of God. So imagine a world without hope, without joy, without laughter. So think when we, exactly. So when you start to even try and, that's why the Jewish people, the best they come up with is it's, it's just burning fire and suffering. Because that's what it is. That's what it is. It's, the, it's, it's literally the idea of eternal separation from God. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it. It says, there are only two kinds of people at the end of the world. Those who say to God, your will be done. Or those to whom God will say, your will be done. And that's the idea that you've gone your entire life thinking, I don't need God. And God says, fine, I'm not an abuser, I'm not a rapist. If you, if you choose to reject me, then fine. Have Here is what you your will be done. The second thing I would I would like to, to talk about is that when it comes to the idea of justice, right? God does. On, on the day of judgment, not all evil, wrongdoing is the same. I know a lot of us grew up with the idea of, oh, sin is sin. There's no big sin. There's no small sin. But let's look at a few things Jesus said in Luke 10. Luke 10, 13. Luke 10, 13. It says, What horrors await you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in the wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have sat in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth and throwing ashes on their head to, throw their remorse, to show their remorse. Rather, Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on the judgment day than you. Do you see that? they will be better off on the day of judgment. Again, in John 19, verse 11. John 19, verse 11. It says, Jesus was talking to Pilate. He says, you would have no power over me at all unless it was given to you from above. So the one who brought me to you has the greater sin. Talking about the Pharisees, they have the greater sin. So you can see that even by virtue of accountability and justice before God, God will hold people to the the right measure of standard when it comes to judgment. God would hold people to the right measure of standard. And so I would imagine a Hitler, for instance, or a blasphemer being judged more sternly than to the one who perhaps... Try to earn with his works. I don't know. I don't know. But you, you get the idea. Just said it will be better off on the day of judgment or you have the greater sin. So that's something else to bear in mind that God is fair. Remember, I told you that in justice, there is a, there is the idea of fairness. And so a murderer doesn't suffer to the degree that a liar does. So I, I do believe that God recognizes that. And finally, it's possible that all we've said is still scary. You're like, I mean, you guys might say this because you believe you're going to heaven, but think of the millions of people that are going to hell. How can God be cool with it? I want you to know that God is not cool with it. God wants no one to perish. In 1 Timothy 2, exactly, in 1 Timothy 2, it said it in verse 4, it says, Who wants everyone to be saved? God is not, don't think about God as some maniac that's like, <laughs> hell, oh my God, you, hell, you, hell, you go to hell, and you go to hell, and you, no, no, no. It breaks God's heart when people reject him. But if God is to be truly loving, then he must honor our choices. And if that's the case, then we all, in our bulk majority can choose to reject God. The only problem is we're not free to choose the eternal consequences of our actions. And like I said, it's possible that from an emotional or logical perspective, you still have a lot of questions. Please send your, que- I really appeal to you. We could easily plan a separate question and answer session. If we get sufficient questions, send us a DM on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, or just send us an email tribejesus i believe at gmail.com or just yes, message, if you can Jesus. get your hands on either daniel or faith reach out to us and we'll gladly um help you but what i want to look at was you talking li-
0: about yourself in third person what i said look at you talking about yourself in third person
1: oh <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> but okay. let me just leave this concluding thought is that Even in the face of questions or doubts, I want you to find consolation in the fact that God is good and God is just. If we as human beings have been created to recognize good and evil, justice and injustice, then it goes by definition that the one who created us cares about justice. If we look at the news and we see children suffering and it breaks our hearts, I want you to know that it breaks God's hearts even more. And so, yes. God, we can trust that God will do what is right. One thing that has always helped me is that I, I strongly believe that on the day of judgment, no one would be able to say God was unfair. No one. It would will, it will be very clear that God has done the right thing. And I want you, if you're someone who still struggles with that, while you search for answers, I want that to be a barricade am- around your mind that would comfort you in the face of doubts and contradiction.
0: Yeah, I think wow. that's it. I think we've, yeah, that's a good I, place to end. That's a I good agree. note to end on. I agree. Um, So, yes, like Daniel said, if you still have any questions, you can send in your questions. Be anonymous as as much as as you want to. If it's a conversation you want to have, we are also open to jumping on calls with you and, you know, hearing you speak, hearing your point of view, hearing you argue, not even argue, but just hearing what you have to say. We're more than happy to do all of those for you. So, please reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out. We love having this kind of conversation and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Until next Thank
1: next time. Bye tribe. Bye.
0: Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Tribe podcast. We are an organization aimed at presenting the gospel of Christ in its simplicity to everyone, everywhere. If this podcast has stirred up any questions, please feel free to mail us at tribejesus@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Jesus Tribe to stay up to date with our other activities and content. Till next time.